Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 169 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is November twelfth, two thousand twenty-one. Jay, that's one 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 two two one. Damn. Uh, with me, as you can tell, is Mr. Jay Tataru. Hi. And also, as promised and delivered this time, Michelle from uh, PD's Power Hour podcast. Michelle, how are you? Hello, I am well. It only took forever to get here. Jeez, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. Blame Robert. <laughs> I know, I promised eight, an 8.30 start time, and it's 8.38 right now. Close. Almost there. Almost. We're good. Yeah. In so, 10 minutes, we're good. <laughs> so I was on your podcast. What, about like, when did that episode come out? It was like a month ago or maybe a little bit more? Something like about that? About a month ago. About a month mm-hmm. ago. And, uh... So I was like, "Hey, what the hell? Let's 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 have Michelle on. That'll be fun because we talked about games a little bit when I was on there, and uh, so that that gave that kind of gave me the idea. Before we we talk about our stuff, why don't you give us a quick rundown of the PD's Power Hour podcast? Sure. So I'm Michelle or PD. My podcast is mostly about alcohol because I have a history of being in the wine and spirits business for like 10 some odd years or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I left the business and I have all this junk in my information in my brain. And I was like, cool, let's have a podcast and talk about it with people. And I also play video games. So I have a very niche audience where it's people who like alcohol but also play video games. So there's only a few of those. Yeah, only a few. (laughs) But yeah, I like to make it like so it's more educational, I guess. So you learn how to properly taste and learn about the history and why it is the way it is. So it's going through like the whole spectrum and such. So yeah, a podcast. When I was on, we also learned about Kentucky kernels. Yes, yes. Fun facts are always integrated into each podcast. And you gave some really fun facts about Kentucky kernels. So... And Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> well, the two are related, so one they are they go hand in, they pretty much go hand in hand. Uh, and also, uh, that's part of the uh, poly. I, always, I, I yes, poly media. I, whenever I I have to think in my head, like I have to manually figure out whether it's poly kill or poly media, depending on whether I'm talking about the podcast or the network. But it's part of the poly media. <laughs> network that's uh 
owned and run by Travis, our friend Travis, aka Ness Friend, uh, the same mm-hmm. one that has again Poly uh, Poly Kill podcast and uh, Drunk Friend and several others, and mm-hmm. so and you're a part of that. So uh, yep. so yeah, that was fun when I was on your your podcast in general is pretty fun. So I recommend everybody go check it out. Uh, I think some of our listeners already. I think a number of our listeners already do uh, listen to it, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it. We got Michelle on today, and uh, I don't really have anything too crazy to talk about before we jump into the news. Anybody? Any y'all have anything you want to just any just random shit you want to say anything about before we go, or uh, or should we just jump into random uh, shit? Yeah, <laughs> jump into game news. We could talk about. Kentucky Colonels, or uh, or we can talk about news. News. You should, you should let us know ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Just blind says, "Hey, what kind of random information?" Do you have? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's talk about news. Uh, actually, very little news. There's a few new. I, I'm always impressed. Like, there's always random old games being added to GOG. Like, I feel like I talk about it every time. Most of the time, the games, and including this time, most of the time, the games like are not really anything noteworthy. But I think it's just cool that they get all these random old games, even the one that nobody cares about. A uh, few of them that have been added since the last time uh, we had an episode is Monster Bash HD, which is an old, I think it was like an old DOS game. I, c- I couldn't find any good uh, information on when it uh, came out originally. Then we have uh, Blue Max Aces of the Great War. This is... um. Like a kind of like a World War one or one airplane simulator uh, came out in ninety one, and then a game called Das Boot German U Boat Simulation. Um, this is obviously a World War Two based one, and it's as the title uh, says, it's a it's like a submarine simulator. So those that those came out. I don't know anything about those. I have no idea if they're any good or not, but I just think it's cool that, that they're coming out with those or that they're release, re-releasing those. The only other thing I have is that the GTA trilogy was... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the GTA... I just heard about this. Yeah, the GTA trilogy was released. So on like PC and like all the main consoles, I think. Um, so the this is GTA 3 and Vice City and San Andreas. And they were already available, but they took down like those versions, like the versions that were up and released like a trilogy just like a trilogy collection of them. Evidently it's got a lot of problems. Um I've I, I skimmed through things people were saying about it and like the lighting is supposedly really bad. Like somehow they went in and screwed up the lighting. The the frame rate is bad. Uh, which is kind of astounding considering the games are more than 15 years old. Um, there's a bunch of bugs that were introduced somehow. Somebody said that when it rains, <laughs> the rain is like white and not even kind of translucent. So it just makes it impossible to see anything. <laughs> um, and then people went digging around into the source code and found like full scripts that like you're not be like full, like, like, uh, like uncompiled scripts is, is my uh, understanding like with developer comments in there, which is just bizarre. And 
seemingly in response to people like finding all that stuff that was in there that shouldn't be in there. Oh, it also had like a lot of the um, music that's been taken out for licensed reasons. Like they found in the code where it had like very simply like not even been removed from the game, but just had little lines of code written that pretty much said like, don't play this and don't play that. Uh, but the music itself is actually still there. So you just have to like, I think it seems like it should be almost trivial just to like change a little bit of code and, and get all of that music back. So apparently in response to that, although they haven't said that rockstar took down the launcher for all of their games on PC. Um, cause evidently that's like, it's kind of like one of those things where even if you get it on steam, then you have to still like you launch it on steam and it launches the launcher for the, for the game. And then you have to play it through that, which is, which is really irritating on its own, but they took that offline. So nobody can play any game launched by the rockstar launcher, which obviously goes beyond just, just this trilogy of games. And they're kind of just like, Sorry, sorry about that. Just sit tight and it'll be back up eventually. <laughs> and, and it's been more than 24 hours now that it's been down. So if you own any games on PC like that are Rockstar games, you pretty much cannot play them right now. Yeah, I, I, I personally did not experience this. I had other people tell me about it, but they were saying there's been like little to no communication on it. it yeah. it's, it it's so Blizzard-esque. Mm-hmm. The second I heard about this, it's like, this is Warcraft 3 all over again. Like these are single-player games that you can't play because they fuck something up. It, it's just crazy to me. And this is like, it, it's almost the same thing, right? Because it's a re-release yep. of a game that, oh, it's just so mind-boggling. Yeah, it is very annoying. Um Makes it makes me glad that I still own the PS2 versions of all of these, just so I don't have to deal with this bullshit. Yeah, uh, but Pretty yeah, crazy. I definitely feel sorry for everybody who's who owns any Rockstar game on PC and just cannot play it right now, just because Rockstar said, "Hold up, we screwed something up. We gotta just keep everybody from playing our games for a little while." Again, with yeah. with basically with just, like with that being the only communication, no. No, uh, as far as I understand, no like timeline on when it will be back up, and it's certainly no explanation of what they're doing. They're just like, "Sorry, it's down. We're gonna get it back up. Just wait." Yeah, it's so, actually crazy. That's that's really annoying. So that sucks. Uh, that's all the news I have. Um, Jay, you don't have anything to add? Uh, no Blizzard stuff. I hope. I mean, I've, I've really just been just very actually pretty pretty funny story. Uh, you you know Brandon, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Brandon. So, so he texts me. Brandon is somebody that was that was a part of the guild that I ran back when we played when I was playing WoW. Uh, Blizzard announced they're doing this new thing to Classic WoW, which is exactly what I wanted the entire time. They're finally doing it, of course, right when I'm <laughs> when, I, when I'm not playing anymore. Yep. Uh, and so he texts me and he's like, "Hey, did you see this post? Like they're doing this thing that you that you really wanted to." He's like, "Are you excited?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm like super pumped." Um, I already started talking to a bunch of people and like we're gonna we're gonna start another guild, new server, blah blah blah. And he's just like. You're joking, right? And I was like, oh, it, I forgot to mention, he was kind of upset that I quit playing because, you know, he was having a lot of fun <laughs> and, and stuff. So he was like, you're joking, like, you know, some, some of that extent. So I was kind of teasing him back and forth. At the same time, I took a picture of it and sent it to another friend of ours and my brother, like, hey, I'm going to have some fun with this, like, just, just so you guys are aware. And so I was texting back and forth. I sent them updates. And then I ended up just like coming clean. I was just like, hey, you know, Brandon, I'm just fuck with you. Like, it, I'm just messing. It's not a big deal. But like, no, I'm not excited. I'm not going to play or whatever. So come to find out, I talked to my brother 
right when Brandon and I started having a conversation, Brandon also took a screenshot of our conversation and sent it to Harry and said, uh, I'm going to give you updates of this conversation. So without knowing it, we were both sending pictures of our conversation <laughs> to, to Harry. And Harry goes, he goes, which is my brother's name, he goes, he gets the first text and he goes, I'm not responding to either of these people. I'm just going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. That's like a, that's like a sitcom situation right there. It was killing. It was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. It just killed me when I found out. Uh-huh. Uh, no, the other thing I, I was kind of talking about this before the episode aired, which is technically kind of gaming related. It's, it's newer gaming related, but uh, Riot, which uh, a couple reasons this is, this is kind of cool. So Riot made a new animated series that is on Netflix called Arcane, and if you haven't watched it yet, it's like ungodly good. It is incredibly good. I can't even begin to like. I'm not even going to go into the description of it because there's no point. It's not. Like, you don't have to know anything about the game in order to watch the show. You can go into it completely blind. Okay. The voice acting, the dialogue, the the script is just very, very well done. They're releasing it in three three segments of three episodes over the next three weeks, which this being the first week. So if you haven't watched it, highly would recommend it. But it makes me really excited because the world that they're building with this show is probably where they're going to go with their MMO, if I had to guess, that they're in development right now, which is really exciting. Um, and even more is the quality of this product. I mean, so right now, Riot is kind of on fire. They have... Uh, Valorant, which is basically a CSGO clone, uh, which is doing incredibly well. They have TFT, which is their auto chess auto battler, which is again doing very well. And they obviously have League of Legends, which all three of these products are very, very good and doing really well. The fact the show is doing well makes me hope that any future titles they they release are going to be high quality. They're also making a fighting game. I don't know if you know that, Robert, but um, I did not. It just makes me excited for the future to see what they what they end up developing. So cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. I guess let's go ahead and talk about the games we've been playing. Then why don't we do this? Let's um, always like to let the guests go in the middle. So why don't Jay, you kick us off with, uh, with what you've been playing for this episode. I'd be happy to. So I'm going to come clean right off the bat. Just let you guys know. I, Uh so Gloomhaven came out and I told, I told this to Robert as well. Gloomhaven actually released on the PC version. Um, I have, to throw some time out. I have uh, 389 hours in the glue, played in the glue. Now, keep in mind, this is not just based on the fact that it just came out. They hours oh, accumulate right. even pro- Yeah, because like the, the pre-release yeah. version of it, I probably <laughs> okay. have spent like 100 hours since the, since the release, if not more, uh, playing it. It is addictingly fun, so I have spent most of my time playing that. So I did play another game for the podcast. Um, actually, I, I played two games, but I'm not going to talk about the other one because I didn't. I don't feel like I played it enough to even uh, talk about it. I don't think it's worth it. All right. Um, but I played Parasite Eve for the PS1. Wait, what is it? Which oh, Parasite, Parasite Eve. Parasite Eve. Okay, I somehow didn't hear it. I got it. Okay. Yeah, and I, I don't know what actually ultimately kind of drew me into it, but I it's I actually I was kind of thinking like I want to play Dino Crisis, but I don't want to play Dino Crisis again. That was that was <laughs> kind of my mindset going into it, and this is the closest thing that I could think of that was kind of like that in a way. Okay, and, are those two games actually similar? Because in my mind they are, but I've never actually played dino crisis but some for some reason i also consider are they actually similar i don't think so to be honest <laughs> it's with you. so I mean, weird just, yeah okay i'm glad i'm not the only one like I, I think they're in the same zip code but like okay. they're not on the same block like they're not <laughs> they're not super close to each other there's like there's some elements to it sure but the combat you know in dino crisis you can basically engage a mob from you know wherever you just get kind of run up the mob you see it and then you can start shooting it you can run away in parasite eve it's more of a traditional 
um, RPG where once you are locked into combat, there's basically like a range of combat. Yeah. And I don't think you can escape combat. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even try, but I don't think you can escape combat. I think, once it's I think you can. I think there's okay. like an escape. There might be an ability or something, but I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure there you can. Yeah, maybe if you just hit the bounds and keep pushing, but... Um, yeah, so this came out in 1998, and uh, this game surprisingly holds up pretty well. It's The graphics are, are pretty atrocious. Um, the cutscenes are, are still fine. You know, they still get the point across, but when you get a close-up of any of the characters, especially the main character, when it's not a cutscene, it's pretty rough. The graphics, you know, they're... they're, they're Sure. You you get the idea of what they're trying to show with it, but it's not like it just doesn't hold up that well. The art style is is definitely ages. So so this game is kind of a quote unquote horror esque game. Like there's some horror elements to it. There's some jump scares. There's some kind of freaky stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of and, like kind of like gory designs of enemies. Yeah, that's that's probably true. There's like a lot of like um, corpses without skin, and like you know you'll see like these bloody remains of it's like. It's not a remain, but it's it's a skeleton with some muscle tissue on it. And like sometimes they move, and yeah. sometimes they interact with you and stuff. So, um, but the actual the actual gameplay is pretty fun. It's surprisingly difficult. So the the combat is basically it's sort of turn based. It's kind of like Final Fantasy X too, to be honest with you, in, in kind of way. So hmm. you basically have a yeah. turn meter like you do in a typical RPG, and then when your turn meter is full you can choose to do an action, right? So you can shoot, you can hit with your melee weapon, uh, or you can use an item. And you you're, you can move around anytime while your action bar is kind of queuing up. And this is one of the mechanics is allows you to manually dodge abilities. A lot of mobs will have some sort of ability that you can either evade by getting far enough away from them or by just avoiding the actual uh, missiles of the attack itself, which is kind of cool. Uh, your charge meter is much slower when you're using a gun versus like the baton. The baton has like a, I don't know, three second cooldown versus when you're shooting a gun, it might be like five or eight seconds. So there's a decent amount of downtime where you're just kind of running around and then you basically choose to attack. You attack three times. You don't do any sort of special input or anything once you lock in your attack. There's some bizarre mechanics of it though. So if your character is hit while shooting, I think it interrupts you and then you just kind of lose that portion of your attack if it's part of it or all of it, I think you just lose kind of that round. So so, sounds to... sounds familiar. Sounds right. Yeah. And then um, when you run out of ammo, you can still queue up an attack and the character does like the gu- the animation of like the gun going off, even though there's no ammo and it doesn't do anything, which is, which is kind of funny. Oh, it doesn't auto reload if you do that? <laughs> well, when you're completely out of ammo. So wait, what are you saying? Like, so if you're completely out of ammo, you can queue up an attack and the character, the main character will act like they're attacking and like do the recoil animation. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Yep, it is. Um, Ammo is very scarce in this game. You run out of ammo very quickly and the game doesn't really encourage this early on, but you have a melee weapon, which I kind of mentioned the baton and, you know, it's, it's viable. The problem is it does like, oh, by the way, when you hit things, you do damage. You don't like, it doesn't just take a certain number of bullets. The mobs actually have health bars and... Uh, you can't see the health bars, but you, your attacks actually cause a numerical damage. Yeah. So the baton does like five damage. The gun may do like 20 or 25 damage. So there's a pretty big disparity between the two. So when you use the baton, it'll take you, you know, 10 hits to kill something, whereas the gun could take two or three. 
So it's like, okay, I get it. Like you're not supposed to use, you're supposed to use the baton if possible and then use the gun when you need to. The problem is you don't really get a lot of ammo, period. And you get a lot of guns. Um, you can upgrade the guns. You can use like modifications on them to upgrade certain guns. The guns have stats like an RPG. So you can see like, you know, the, the power of the weapon, reload time, uh, recharge time, all that kind of stuff is, is incorporated in the stats of the weapon, which is cool. But again, since ammo is so scarce, having a lot of guns doesn't really do anything. Wait, so, so one you of the things... You haven't oh, gotten a lot of ammo? No. On mine, I never, like, I never ran out of ammo. Some, like, really? I don't know what we were, because you get ammo from killing enemies. And normally, the way I, okay, the way I could be wrong, the way I remember it is, like, I always would get almost as much ammo back as I used to kill an enemy. Yeah, it's weird, because I was looting the enemies, and sometimes I would get ammo. And you do find ammo, like, around randomly you'll just find it in different objects like yeah, yeah. and stuff but um like i, I, I never never used a melee weapon really yeah that's but, bizarre I, <laughs> I i would go through like cycles where i would hoard a bunch of ammo and use my melee weapon and then i would just start like pumping all my ammo out and by the end of the most levels i would run out part way through i'm probably just better than you oh yeah that's yeah okay robert you want to starcraft 2 1v1 right now I want to do okay. StarCraft 1 or yeah, 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 yeah. Command and Conquer or what was the other one that I destroyed you in? There was another one. Mm-hmm. Here, we'll Gloomhaven 1v1. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um... But yeah, so so the overall story, I'm not I'm not going to explain too much of it. It's not bad. It, it's it's um it comes on strong and it sets a pretty evil kind of tone to it. And you definitely are in, or you you get vested early in in trying to figure out some of the. It, it's very like there's a lot of secrets early on, a lot of things, a lot of questions are unanswered. Like one of those things where there's flashbacks um, that sort of motivate you to want to get further into it to understand more of the story and and really try to understand what the hell's going on because it's kind of like one of those crazy events that happens in a city and then basically people are dying and you're trying to figure out what's going on with it the main character is a cop too which you know they tie into it a little bit like you you work out of the, you go to the station um you know at times for different parts of the story uh with one thing that's kind of cool is whenever you want to save you just have to find a phone like a pay phone or a telephone which i thought was kind of creative so you can basically you know like you'll see your the light on your voicemail is, is blinking so you have to answer it and then you can save the game which is oh yeah cool. it's like it's kind of like the idea isn't the idea like you're calling back to the station to like update them on your progress and that's like your save i didn't notice that but that might be right yeah i think there is some dialogue that pops up i just kind of went through because you know i don't actually save so I'm playing on an emulator i just okay. happen to do it one time so i think that's the, like i don't think there's really actually any dialogue i think that's just the i like kind of like in resident evil when you find a typewriter like the idea is like oh, they're yeah, the typing down like they're, they're they're writing about what they've done is like the like you don't actually see that, but that's kind of like the concept of sure. what's going on. I think that's the idea with the uh, with the with the phone is you're calling back to the police station to like let them know what you've done, and that's kind of the idea of how, you said of it so cryptically. <laughs> let them know what you've done. <laughs> um, one of the things that's, that's kind of cool is there's a lot of when, when there's dialogue going on. The game is it does something that I never really thought about. And it's a nice way to kind of give you something to look at while you're listening to like just a lot, a lot of dialogue. Okay. So your character will get in like a car, like they'll say like, oh, there's this thing going on across town. And so you'll get in the car with like another officer and you'll be driving around town and oh, you'll yeah. be faced. So the characters are facing you in the front seat of the car, you know, the driver, the passenger, and they're looking at you and they're talking. And in the background, you can see like buildings going by. Obviously it's lower graphics, so keep that in mind. But it's going by and there's like, you know, it's just... 
it's kind of a cool element because it feels like they're actually having a conversation, but in actuality, they're just, you know, doing an exposition dump and they're just giving you a bunch of information and, you know, trying to get you up to speed on the story. But it doesn't feel as bad. I don't know what it is about the visual element or the setting of it, but it feels more authentic uh, as a way to, to, you know, do a big dump of information about the story. And I really appreciate that. Even in times when there was a lot of information that they were dumping on you, it was it was actually pretty okay. Like, it wasn't so bad. Because, you know, like a lot of JRPGs, they will just all of a sudden be like, all right, here's all the questions you want to know all at once. And here comes a thousand lines of dialogue. And you're like, holy shit, like, can I save and load and do this later? And you just have to sit there and hit A or X, whatever it is, to keep going through the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think of the, how heavily have you been using, I forgot what they're called, but like the magic, what do they call them in that game? I haven't actually used too much of the magic. I've only predominantly used the gun and the melee weapon. That was what I did, like, because I, I just remember 99% of the time it was just the heal spell that I would use because, you know, for obvious reasons. But I never yeah. I always used the weapons for other stuff. Oh, yeah. It's super easy to die in this, too. So you have yeah. you, you have health and then you can level up. You, it you know has RPG aspects to it. And when you get poison, man, poison sucks. Oh, yeah, it feels like... It deals like five damage every two seconds. Like, let's say you have like 75 health. It deals five damage every two or three seconds. And it lasts for like 30 seconds. So you'll take five, excuse me, 10 ticks of five, so 50. And you're like, oh, okay, so if I get hit again, I'm just dead. And I think poison can kill you too, which is crazy. You know what? The number one, I, I liked Parasite Eve overall, but the biggest thing that I hated about it was the weapons. Um, you know, so as you said, some of the, guns will shoot more times per like round than yeah. other guns but the ones that shoot more it reduces the damage that they do so like and it, it not even in a consistent way i found some chart online that shows you like what the ideal number of shots is mm-hmm. it's like two or three i forgot like if you do three like the guns that do that shoot three bullets do the most damage. Um, but it's not like three times the one that does one damage. It's like each bullet does a little bit less damage. And then like once you get to four shots per turn, then they do so little each that it does less damage overall than if you just do two or three shots. And then it can, and then it like continue like the one that shoots five times is even worse. And, and, and what makes it worse on top of that is when you shoot more times, your character is stuck in the animation for longer. So there's more of a chance of you getting hit while you're shooting. So like the ideal number of the, the ideal gun is one that shoots either two or three times. I forgot which, uh, and everything else is just, there's no, like, it's actually bad. It's actually worse in every way. That's funny. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It's really weird. Like scale the bullet damage per shot per turn or something. It's very strange. Yeah, it, it was pretty fun. I, I am enjoying it so far. Um, like there, How far did it's you get? definitely. Um, I'm probably like a quarter of the way done, if I had to guess, just okay. kind of based on the story so far. Because it's not a very long game. I think it's like ten or fifteen hours to the main story, if I'm not mistaken. Even probably. though it's two discs, probably something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm about a quarter of the way through, and it's it's interesting. I'll probably continue playing a little bit longer just to see if it maybe opens up a little more. But the problem is, like, just running out of ammo and just dying to that is really frustrating. And I hate just I hate having to replay parts of this. I should just save a lot more frequently, but sure. I'm trying not to do. It. I'm not trying to cheat my way through it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I understand. All right, cool. You got anything else? No, no, not this time. Michelle, have you played? Have you played uh, 
the hell are we talking about? Parasite Eve. Thank Eve. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't played Parasite Eve. When it first came out when I was younger, I was like too scared of it because I thought it was a horror game. So I didn't play it. Yeah, well, it kind of, I mean, it, I think, Jay, I think you played down the horror aspect of it a little bit. It's not like a scary game to play, but I would definitely consider it a horror game in terms of the imagery. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a fair point. Yeah, it, it, it just, the horror element, you know, obviously doesn't hold up very well. And, and I, yeah, I like yeah. a lot of horror stuff, and I'm not a huge jump scare person. I really don't really generally like jump scares. I think it's like a really lazy way to, to, to do horror. So I, a lot of those parts, I was just kind of like, okay, and I just kill whatever it is. <laughs> Right, yeah, it's not like Resident Evil where you feel like you're hunted down or like you can just barely survive or anything. Like, there's no kind of like haunting yeah. feeling, like no, like we're, you know, there's no yeah. like feeling like that. But it's more like just blood, lots of blood and guts, lots of grotesque monsters, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think when it came out because it was very close to whenever Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil came out, that mm-hmm. I just sort of associated with that. I'm like, oh, sure. nope, not for me. Maybe someday down the road. And <laughs> yeah. I just never got to it. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, Michelle, what did you play for this episode? I've been playing Breath of Fire 3. Okay, and that's that's not the one that I was thinking of, but 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 awesome it's anyways. not. Awesome anyways. Oh. <laughs> what was the one you were thinking of? Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. See, I was thinking about getting into that. But so I got this itch and I was like, you know what? When Breath of Fire first came out and I'm going like, you know, maybe it's just a 1998 theme since Parasite Eve came in 1998 and this came out in 1998. I was like, OK, maybe uh, because I did not like it when it first came out. I was like, I just oh, really? couldn't get into it. Yeah, I just was not vibing it at all. So, you know, 30 years late, not 30, maybe 25 years later, Um here we are. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to give this game another retry. Okay. So we had talked about tactics and I, I, I sat there and debated. I'm like, do I want to do tactics or I do Breath of Fire 3? And I was like, you know what? Let's give Breath of Fire 3 another <laughs> Breath of Fire 3 another try. So real quick, Jay, <laughs> by the way, she's a big fan of Final Fantasy Tactics is, is why. I yes. I, I, yes. I thought you would like to I, hear that. I've played it several times and at least twice on my freaking phone. So... <laughs> I played it on so many different systems. I, I played it on <laughs> PSP. I played it on my phone. I played it on mm-hmm. like it's so fun. I, I've played it many, many times. Yes, I find the PSP version though to be the least enjoyable, just because of the lag time. Honestly, that's it. The only, the only Ow. thing I have complained. I love about. the voice acting on it. Oh, absolutely! It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's great. But if they just upped that lag time just a smidgey, you know, not up the, but yeah. you know, reduced it <laughs> a smidgey, it would have been perfect. Yeah, make it, make it more. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But I mean, but yeah, once they put that game onto the Switch, I mean, if if they ever do, I know there's I was just rumors say, out is there. That in talks right now because it's there's rumors out there that the remaster is they're working on it and there's been like speculations at the what the square enix store or square enix like announced that it'll be released in 2023 but not officially just sort of like in the back door kind of announcement whatever and i'm like don't get my hopes up man like come on don't mess with my emotions go do your seven other final fantasy things that you're doing right now and like because square cannot focus on one thing if their life depended on it very true. So, and also keep in, also keep in mind when Square re-releases things, that's not that's often not a good thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. Usually, but all I want, 
all I want. I don't even want a remaster or anything no. like that. Just put the original game on the Switch and take my money. No, That's they're going to give Absolutely. you they're going to give you a version with cartoon graphics and no. like I don't know what else do they do? They do lots of weird well, stuff. They'll just remaster a, the A2 version. Or sorry, the second version. A2, oh, the sequel? Give that to consumers, yeah. Have oh, you played A2, Lord. Michelle? No, no. Oh, no. don't don't ever. If you no. ever really just want to hate yourself, it's yes, worth, it's worth 15 minutes. It is a water... <laughs> think, think of it this way. If Final Fantasy Tactics is the PlayStation version, the cell phone version, meaning like an actual mobile game, A2 mm-hmm. is that. It's like a very watered down, no non-strategy related turn-based strategy game. Awful. Yeah. Awful. No. No, but Tactics is like I think, pro- if not the top, the one of the top games for me all time. Excellent. So it's it's, it's up there. It fights with a couple others, you know, just depending on my mood. But most of the time, that is top two easily. What are the others? Probably Metal Gear Solid, uh, Monkey Island. I'm just I'm just not Metal guesses. Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey, Curse of Monkey Island is one. Metal, Metal Gear. I can't handle stealth. I get like stressed out, and I can't <laughs> handle stealth. So I'm just like no hard pass. Uh, but the other one is Soul Blazer. Interesting. Oh really? Yes. Yeah, we discussed this on the pod too, um, Rob. That, yeah, yeah kinda, Soul Blazer. It's that. just such a weird game for people to say is your favorite but i don't know i just love it it's very simple early super nintendo game kind of basic but something about it is so charming just like the you know unlocking all of the towns and just the progression and the satisfaction you know yep. i love mm-hmm. it yeah that's cool. So, very cool yeah but breath of fire 3 i'm playing it and i still don't love it <laughs> oh really yeah do you guys have you guys played it i have not I pl- I pl- I rented it a few times as a kid, but not enough to remember it. Mm. So I loved the first two Breath of Fires. As janky as the localization was for both of them, I still love them, especially the little minigame fishing stuff and the characters and the story, as grindy as it is, because it's a JRPG, I still loved them. Breath of Fire 3, I mean, something... There's something about it. The 3D... The sprites are wonderful. The 3D at like like world map and location is eh. It really slows down the game. It slows down a lot. I mean, maybe it's just, I don't like lag or load times or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the battles are really kind of slow. I mean, there's a lot of them, which is fine. The battle system itself is fine. But there's, like, the fishing's not as fun. The battles are slow. The characters are just okay. I mean, I'm, like, close to 20 hours into this game, and I feel like I'm still at the same plot as the beginning of the game. I'm still trying to find my two friends. And it's like, (laughs) really? (laughs) Like, there's no progression at all. I mean, okay, I've added, like, another thing to my task list. I got to get to this tower. But that's it. (laughs) Like, come on. I need a little bit more here than just a lot of fetch quests. Which, you know, I'm a JRPG girl. I know that fetch quests is part of the game here. But you also got to mix in some progression here to keep me hungry. You know? Right, yeah. Sure. Yeah. There's I think that's crucial is finding the balance between those things. Yeah. And there's like s- s- like uh features or skills you can use in the game like you're you're supposed to use these like find these masters and they help you gain different skills and help you progress more as a character. 
but they don't tell you jack shit about it. And not even in the manual, which I'm playing off original hardware, I'm playing off the original PS1, and I have the booklet, I have the manual, I'm looking in the freaking manual, and I'm like, what? how the hell do I use these skill inks and these skill, what are these skill notes? It tells me nothing, and I'm trying my best not to Google the shit out of this thing. <laughs> but... It te- I don't know how to use it. I'm t- how am I 20 hours into something and I'm not playing the game correctly? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> uh-huh. So I know a um, couple of your listeners are going to be very upset with me about this, Jeffrey. But that's who. That's just who I was thinking of. Cause, yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey was on the podcast one time, and uh, this was the game that he chose to talk about because it's like one of his favorite games ever, or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, really the. <laughs> the only thing that i know about this game is what he's told me and what you told me so i immediately thought of him when you started talking about it yeah so i don't love it i'm on teetering on whether or not to continue with it because if anything i'm still a freaking child and all i want to do is become an adult i feel like once i get to be an adult i've beaten the game i thought you were talking about real life for a second i was really confused (laughs) (laughs) i am a child (laughs) yes let's not kid ourselves no (laughs) but but yeah, that's how I feel about. It. That's what I've been playing, at least old games, Breath of Fire three, and I'm okay. struggling. So I'm not struggled. It's not. Yeah, you hadn't played it before, right? Is what you said. I had played it before. Oh, you had. When I was young, when it first came out, and I don't remember much of it besides the fact I didn't really get into it. Okay. Like I, I don't remember beats in the story at all maybe some like items or something about it like perks in my memory but otherwise this is it's almost like for me playing blind with this and i still don't like it so something about me is the same when i was 12. (laughs) you said you played that you really like the first and second one which of the two is your favorite the second one okay by a lot (laughs) (laughs) all right michelle did you have anything else yes okay So I did complete a game that I did want to talk about because I was like hanging out with my sister who I play video games with and she had gotten this game called Echo Knight, which is also from 1998, sensing a theme with 1998 in me. Oh, wow. And Echo Knight is is made by From Software, who From Software, as you know, is making Elden Ring and everybody is going crazy for Elden Ring right now. So I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, I'll play Echo Knight because I don't play Dark Souls or Bloodborne or any of those other things. So let's play this very strange early From Software that's a first-person adventure and survival horror game. Why not, right? That's great. (laughs) So wait, what what did this come out for? So this came out on the PS1. Um, It is is in a first-person perspective. Um, You, it's all very 3D, 3D graphics um, with really bad textures, like horrible textures. So sometimes it's <laughs> really hard it. to see what door is. And it's t- kind of tank, not necessarily tank controly, but you move like up to look up and down. You use like the, what is it? Up and down is L1 and L2. Oh and then to strife is R1 and R2. So you to look up, it's not oh. like you hold the up button to look up. No, that's to go forward. To look up, you push L1. And oh my gosh <laughs> so it is very difficult to control and you're just like a big elephant in the room <laughs> trying to walk around and like figure out what am i looking for and so you play as this dude named uh richard osborne 
And it kind of just like starts. The story is kind of very strange because it starts off and you're visiting your father's house, which has been burnt down. And you're just going there to go look for things in the remnants of it. I don't know. And then you get sucked into a painting and all of a sudden the rest of the game is on this ship. So I'm like, okay, we were at this house for a reason, right? I guess. (laughs) So the purpose of the game is you pretty much go this ship, which is all haunted. Everybody is dead. You want to release ghosts. And whenever you release them, like you complete tasks for them or such, or, you know, you talk to them and they'll give you this happy little crystal which, um, if you collect all the crystals, then you get the good ending at the very end. So okay. the horror element is that there are bad ghosts that will come and try to kill you. And there's no way for you to fight in this game. You literally are just have to run or you turn on light switches. And these light switches are the tiniest mother trucking things oh. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk into a room. I do a hard left and right to see where the light switch is, and then the monster is coming at me, and I'm just like trying to L1 and L2 yeah, up about, and down I, to get perfectly say, in the it, center. I bet it sounds like it's going to be hard to center onto the switch oh, yeah. to hit it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it is not. It is not easy, and I'm pretty terrible at it. So there was a lot of screaming at the TV during mm-hmm. this, uh, during those going ons. So that's one way to sort of just get rid of the monsters. But when you actually have your boss battle with them, there are puzzles and things that you have to do, like whether or not you had an item that you got from somebody that you hold up to them, or, you know, you have to find this something within the room to show, like, that kind of thing. There's no actual fighting within the game. Okay. So <laughs> the story itself is okay. It's interesting, I guess. Like, you're releasing these ghosts off these ships, and they sort of go into flashbacks as well, because... The reason you're on the ship is because uh, the f- it starts off initially with this flashback and you're on this train and there's this red stone that's turned this guy evil. And the one of the, the little granddaughter of this guy is just sits there and watch her like fa- grandfather like be evil and possessive. And so this red stone is controlling him. But uh, the guys, this is like a terrible generalization of what this plot is, but like there's the red stone and the blue spo- stone. It's like the matrix. Which one are you going to take? Which pill are you going to take? And the red stone is bad and the blue stone is good. Okay. So you have half of this blue stone and you're going to try to go destroy the red stone. And so which is, you know, big boss battle at the end and such. But yeah, it's very, it's all over the place, honestly. I mean, it goes into flashbacks. You have, at some one point, you find out where the redstone originated with knights. So I'm like, oh, knights, that ties into Dark Souls, right? Because From Software likes their knights and stuff. And they do. You have some weird, mysterious man who use, like, whenever you release the ghost, you get this thing called, like, astral pieces, and you use those astral pieces to buy potions from this guy who's, like, an alien. So it's really, really strange. <laughs> it does sound a little bit all over the place, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, when I say horror, some of the horror elements are, sounds, are, are I mean, I'm a big, fat baby, so I will get scared <laughs> over everything, but the controls also, kind of like how Clock Tower, like, the controls are what really make it, t- like, tension-filled. Yeah, yeah. Very much the same with this. Like, <laughs> you just trying to clunk around, trying mm-hmm. to figure out which button goes, how to move past the guy trying to stab you with a knife, because there's, at one point, there's a guy chasing you. 
And so, yeah, just just figuring that I think was hard and horror esque. But overall, I had fun with it. It was only like oh, you did eight, eight hours total, so it's a really short game. Um, I played with it with my sister sitting next to me, and we're both screaming at the TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so what what did you like about it? Because it doesn't sound that great <laughs> from what you described. <laughs> I think over the place as the story is and i'm doing a horrible job trying to describe it because it is like you you really have to play the game to understand it is interesting there's okay. a lot of interesting elements like what the puzzles are very good and um some like some of the char- some of the characters or the stories that you find out like to discover through it like it's t- told in a very interesting non-linear way which i thought was very interesting especially for the time okay um, my biggest gripe about it is like towards the end, and this isn't really a spoiler, towards the end I could not figure out how to get out of this one room. It's because the texture was so bad I didn't see the door. <laughs> I, I ran crap. past the door every time. So I had to look, I had to Google it because I was like, I'm sick of doing this. What am I missing? I've gone in every room and oh look, there's a door there. That's nice. So mm. I overall I had fun with it. It's not a great game by any stretch of the imagination. But it was, like, nostalgic fun, I guess. Okay. You know, especially if you like that sort of adventure game with little bit of horror elements. For me, a lot of horror elements, so. <laughs> okay. So, not great, but you still kind of liked it. Yes. Still liked it. Unfortunately, it's not cheap if you want original hardware, so I'd probably suggest you emulate it if you can. Okay. Uh, is that it for you? That is it done my rant <laughs> awesome so we got uh breath of fire 3 and uh echo echo knight what is that what does echo knight refer to what is that a character in the game no it's just the name it's just not, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like it's like act uh-huh. razor yep yep okay. <laughs> i have no idea you said that and i go i i don't remember hearing echo knight at all so <laughs> okay <laughs> sweet well all right the game i played is psychonauts this came oh. out in 2005 on Xbox and I believe PS2, and it was eventually, uh, like, eventually got a PC port as well. And uh, have you, have either of you all played this? No. no. Okay, so I I tried playing it a while back, but f- like, I don't know why my my old computer had some weird issue where it would just crash constantly playing this game. Um, I have no. I mean, obviously, it wasn't because of like the system requirements or anything, because this is a 2005 game, and my computer was not like old or anything. So I don't know what it was, but it just could not. It would just crash constantly, so I never finished it. Um, now that I have a new computer, and also it was it was a combination of me having a new computer and also Psychonauts 2 uh, coming out, and everybody talking about how good that one is. I was like, well, let's maybe it's time to go back and give this one a shot. Uh, generally. I'm not a huge fan of this type of game, which is kind of like the 3D uh, sort of like collectathon platformer type games. Uh, Uh But I do like trying them out from time to time just to see if there's something, uh, you know, there that can catch me. This one has like uh, has has gotten a lot of praise over the years. So uh, I was like, it's time to go back. Check out Psychonauts again. So the the concept of this game is that you play as this character. 
he's this boy named Raz. And uh, he basically like sneaks into a summer camp for psychonauts. And uh, it's, so it's all uh, like other kids his age at the summer camp. And what a psychonaut is, is like a soldier. They're like training you like basically like to be like a little kid psychonaut military. What they train you to do is kind of how to get, like literally go inside of your enemy's psyche and kind of like defeat them like mentally from the inside. Uh and so instead of like killing people, you are kind of like almost sort of like taming them. Uh, and, uh, and like, it's, it's just all about like the, the, like, I don't know what you call him. It's kind of like a drill sergeant type guy who like has your first, like your first level is to go into his head. And, uh, he like trains you from within inside his head somehow. Uh, and you're like going through, you're like kind of seeing some of his memories and going through all these like battlefields and stuff. And like other levels you like, so there are, there's a mixture of levels where some of them you like your trainer, you're kind of like go into the head of somebody who's trying to train you. Uh, and then there's other ones where you go into the head of like enemies and you're more or less, like I said, trying to kind of like defeat them, um, mentally more or less. Um, so like half of the game is going inside people's minds and, and going through those levels. And the other half you're in the real world, running around like the camp that you're at and you're talking to characters and like some, some like that's where like the main plot type stuff unfolds. You also like buy equipment uh, like from some little shop at the, at one of the camp buildings and stuff like that. You find out, you eventually find out something bad that's going down um, at the camp and you essentially, essentially as you can probably guess it kind of like the way the story turns is it, it becomes up to you to save everybody. Um, the characters are really funny. Uh, there's one particularly funny character, which I I mean, I haven't even looked into this, but I just have to assume he's probably everybody's favorite side character. He's this little, his little guy named Dogen (laughs) and like he wears tin foil on his head. Not because, not because he's afraid that people are going to try to control his brain, but his brain is so powerful that he'll like destroy things without even trying. So it's like to basically protect everybody else from his brain. Um, and there's this one, <laughs> there's this one like hilarious cutscene at the very, like close to the very beginning of the game. And, uh, when we had, uh, one of the times that we had Vaughn Hyde on from, uh, from IndiePod, he talked about this, this exact scene. And like you kind of you're at the camp and you're kind of wandering around and you walk by, and he's sitting there and there these he's kind of like surrounded by these three squirrels and they're just kind of looking at him, and he's and he's talking to him going like, no 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 I'm not gonna do that, no I would no I'm, I would never do that no I can't do that and like eventually you find out that this like it's unclear whether he. Th- think whether he only thinks this is happening or whether the squirrels are somehow actually telepathically communicating with him, but he thinks they're basically telling him to kill everybody. (laughs) So, but like, he's still this really innocent little kid who's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But like, at the same time, there's this, there's this tension where like in in your head, you're kind of like, okay, he doesn't want to do that. So, so that's good. But like, is he going to eventually flip and, and like start listening to the squirrels? It's just, this really like, 
it's funny because he's so innocent about like trying to be good and not all this stuff, even though at the same time he thinks squirrels are telling him to, to murder people. Uh, he eventually gets his brain stolen, by the way. But what's funny is nobody believes you that his brain is stolen because he basically doesn't act any different once his brain gets stolen because he's already like such a like weird kind of idiot. Uh, so that's kind of that's one of the plots of the games that you go through is is trying to convince people. No, he actually did get his brain stolen. They're like, no, that's that's just how that's just how he is. What are you talking about? So when you are at the camp and when you're inside people's heads, like I said, the overall game style is like a 3D platformer. Uh, where you are going through again on the camp, you're kind of wandering around just doing this and that. Uh, when you're in some, when you're inside somebody's head, it's it's a it's not well. Yeah, I guess I'll tell you, it is usually fairly linear, and there are like enemies there, and you can attack them. It's it's not purely like Mario style. You just gotta jump on people or jump away. You do have an attack. You can kind of like basically you have this big punch that you can do, and you also as you play you unlock. Uh, like psychokinetic moves. So there's that and a, and a bit of platforming and the inside of people's heads, the, the, the level variety is there's a lot, there's a wide variety of different types of levels. So that's nice. Like there's somewhere it's very platform heavy. And like to, even to the point where most levels are, or to where most, like most of the level is vertical and you're just trying to, you kind of essentially getting like way up high on, in this person's mind. There's other ones where like there's one level where you're basically on a cube and you're kind of like running around like to different sides of the cube where there's bad guys coming at you and this kind of stuff. Um, there is there's one where you are basically a giant monster inside this. Uh, it, it, actually, it's not a person. It's a creature's brain that you're in. You're this gigantic monster like Godzilla style to where you're walking around crushing buildings and things. Uh, there's one famous level called the Milkman Conspiracy level, where there, you're inside the head of this guy who thinks like there's all these conspiracies go. He's like a conspiracy theorist basically, and uh, when you're inside his head, there's there's all this like conspiracy type the conspiracy conspiracy type stuff going on. Uh, there's cameras everywhere taking pictures of you. There are a million like of these secret agents standing around like pretending to be like road workers and stuff like that. But they're, but they're actually like secret agents talking, uh, like not, not, not letting you go places and things like that. Um, so the levels are pretty cool. Again, if you're in, if you are into this type of, of game, the levels are pretty neat. There's a, there's a wide variety of stuff. Um, some of the, like some of the abilities you get are basically like shoot fire at this or that, or uh, there's one where you can kind of like levitate there's another one where you can uh, like use your mind to throw objects. So those are the types of moves that you unlock throughout the game. While you're playing, so some of the stuff that you collect is like uh, there. Okay, so there are figments, like figments of the imagination, when you are in somebody's head, and they're kind of these sort of almost kind of like uh, holographic type. Uh, type just images that kind of float around and you get those and they make this like, you know, they, I don't, I forgot. It's like figment points or something. I don't remember what the name is, but some kind of points that you get for, for picking those up. Then there are, um, little cards that you can get that. I forgot what they're even called, but I think one of them counts as like a hundred figments or something like that. And every time you get a hundred figment points, like some other 
leveling system goes up one point, and every time that leveling system goes up ten points, then you can unlock a new ability. But to unlock a new ability, then you have to use these arrowheads that you pick up at the camp. There are these little things that you find just in the ground walking around. And you have to go buy some kind of some item from the store and then go to like this, uh, this sign, this kind of like sort of like a mad scientist's laboratory at the camp and use it there. And then that gives you the new ability that you earn. So it's very like, I wouldn't say convoluted, but it like there are way too many layers of stuff going on for me. It's like you get a hundred points of this and this thing goes up one. Then when that goes up 10 times, then you got to go buy this. Then when you buy that, then you can go to this other place and unlock this. It's really strange. And like, sometimes I would get the ability to get an upgrade and I wasn't even a hundred percent sure why, or maybe, or like maybe my points got high enough and I just didn't realize it. But like this little icon pops up with the scientist guy. And then the way you get to him, if you have all the stuff that you need is you pull out a piece of bacon and like the bacon lets you talk to him. (laughs) And then he like will teleport you to where you need to go to, uh, to upgrade your, your stuff. It's, I should have mentioned, this is a double fine game if you're not familiar with it. So it's very, very double finey. Uh, very kind of like just goofy and, and I wouldn't say whimsical, but like very, every, everything is done with like a very strong tinge of humor. Like very little here is actually serious. All of the art style and everything is very, uh, like exaggerated. You know, there's kids with like a really tiny neck and like a gigantic head. Like Dogen is like half the size of everybody else. And he like, doesn't even have a neck. He's like, he barely even, I don't even know if he has knees. He just has these like short little stubby little legs. It's uh like, everything is just very caricature ish. I think would, would be the best way of putting it. Um, and like, there's some things where you have to like, there's when you're inside people's head, there's these things called cobwebs and you can clear them out to like get other things, but you can't clear them out until you get, enough of these arrowheads and you buy this other, this like vacuum device that will vacuum those away. And then you can like go back to these other levels, do that stuff. And like, I don't really feel like backtracking and doing things like that. So that was a little bit of a turnoff to me also. Um, There's another thing kind of like that. I'm trying to remember. Can't remember exactly what it was, but like there's, Oh, Oh, there are these, (laughs) there's these things again, when you're inside people's minds, Every once in a while, you'll come across a piece of luggage that's crying. Do y'all get the, uh, do y'all get the pun there? No. It's the person's emotional baggage. Oh my God. (laughs) And you have to find, there will be like a luggage tag that matches it. It's like the same color because there will be multiple of these per level and they each have a matching luggage tag somewhere else in the level. If you get the luggage tag and then bring it back to the <laughs> emotional baggage, then like it'll stop crying and be all happy. And it's kind of like you sorted out that that part of the person's psyche for them. And then if you get all of those inside somebody's head, then you get this little like slideshow of of like their psychological history, basically like major like points in their life that kind of shape them to be who they are, I guess, is, is kind of the idea. It's a really neat game and it's got a re- lot of really cool ideas, but it wasn't enough to make me like this type of game. 
if I did like these kind of uh, collecty platformer type games, this would this is probably one of the better ones that I've played. Although there are still the weird issues with like way too many types of things that collect that aren't even really different. A lot of them, it's just like again, like the leveling, the kind of leveling and ability system is like there's no need to make it be a hundred of these gets one of these, ten of these gets you know one of this. Like that could have been a simplified. Like even with the same amount of, even with with putting the same amount of effort into it, it could have this whole system could have been simplified quite a bit. And then there's like all this other stuff that just doesn't really like. I don't really feel like going back to previous levels to find other stuff that I missed, you know, with the spider web crap that I told the cobweb crap that I told you about. Um, there's a little bit too, I feel like they did a little bit too much to try to just pad it out is what it feels like. The core game, again, if you like this stuff, I think is really good. And if you like this type of game, you'll probably like this one a lot. But again, for me, it, it was not enough to win me over. I, I appreciate what it does and I respect what it does. But and I and I overall liked it for this type of game, but it again it, it's this this kind of this genre just really isn't for me. Sounds like you had some fun with it though, at least. Yeah, I did. I had some fun with it. I was not dreading it by any means, but <clears throat> probably got five hours in, and I, I kept giving. I kept wanting to see like, where is this going? Where is this going? Is it going to really do something that really drags me in? I wanted to give it plenty of a chance to to do that. Um, but it never quite got there. I, I feel like quality wise, I, I saw that all, all there is to see. I've, obviously there's plenty of the story that I didn't get to, but I kind of got the idea like, okay, this is kind of, I see what it's doing. I'm not really expecting any huge blowout moments from here on out. I think I got the gist of it and I, and I'm not loving it enough to keep, you know, I, I figured it out enough for the podcast, but then I wasn't liking it enough to keep playing it on my own. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, there's Psychonauts. Um, and there was one other game that I had, but I'm going to save that, I think, for the next one, just in case I don't, just in case I don't have anything else for next time. Cause, uh, <laughs> I do that sometimes. I'm like, I think I'm going to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably going to be busy and I'm probably need to just hang on to this one just in case, uh, other stuff that I'm going to be, we, you and I both have Star Fox coming up that we got to play or Star Fox oh, yeah, 64. And then I think that if I play, well, I will be playing something else, but I think it'll probably, it might end up being a little bit longer game. So I'm not sure if I'll have it finished by next time. So that's all I've got for this one. Why don't we jump into emails? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is bizarre, first off, because we're barely over an hour. We're like an hour in, actually. And... There are three of us, yet we're going to finish in under like under six and a half hours like we normally do with three people. <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're not setting much of a precedence here. We're, we're less than five hours. We're... <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, let me check. It looks like we've got, okay, we have actually one tweet question, one half of an email because it's left over from last time because it was directed uh, to Michelle. And then one new email for this time. So let's 
I'm going to do the, 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 the question from Twitter first. This was in response to me earlier in the week saying that Michelle was coming on the podcast. So anybody, you know, if anybody has any questions for her, let me know or, you know, send them in. Uh, let's see. At JJS Boyce on Twitter says, I have a question for Petey in parentheses and you guys. So I'm going to take this as uh-huh. primarily <laughs> primarily for Michelle and you and I can chime in if we want to. Uh, what games have you enjoyed playing while sipping on an alcoholic beverage? That is... They're fun to play, but still manageable while a little buzzed. <laughs> hmm. Well. Hmm. <laughs> that's a. That's, I find that tough because I do love enjoying a little cocktail whenever I play games, but I don't want to get too sloshed if I'm playing like a JRPG or whatever because I I want to be able to follow the story unless I'm just doing a full on grind fest and then then it's totally fine. But for that, if I'm doing just grinding, if I'm just leveling up, um, like with Breath of Fire 3 and I'm struggling, then I will have a cocktail to get through the grind. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But honestly, the first thing that came to mind is Goof Troop. (laughs) Oh, really? That sounds like a hard one to play buzzed. That's like a... No! No, it's not? Okay. No, well, at least for me, because I've played that game like I don't know a million times, uh, okay. and I probably have it memorized. And I just, I, I love it so much. I mean, I think it's the best couch co-op game ever made, but that's just me. And so I think it's fun, you know, to have a cocktail, get a little buzzed, and play with somebody on the couch. That's I can't... awesome. I figured you would have said a JRPG because I feel like that'd be really easy to play. It would Probably. be, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm gonna go for the hard answer. Respect it. <laughs> I will play like anything. I'll drink and play basically anything at all. The only like but the question for me is like what would I not want to play while drinking? And the only like the only game that I can think of that I really would have wanted to avoid while drinking is something like Civ 6 where I'm in to you know I'm like 20 hours into a game and if I do something stupid, then I'm then I'm gonna like screw up the the whole like all of you know everything that I've worked for so far, uh, <laughs> like that or or also same with I guess uh, Crusader Kings or Europa Universalis, any one of those because I hate going back and like save scumming on those. I really try to if there's an Iron Man mode, I will turn on Iron Man mode. If there's not, I will play it as if there is Iron Man mode. So those are the ones where. Like once I get to a certain point and I've invested so much time, I don't want to do anything like stupid to screw it up. So like if I've, you know, like been having a few drinks, then I'll probably avoid playing one of those if I, you know, if I'm, if I've been on a long save, but pretty much anything else goes for me. Favorite Civ game, Civ 6? Yeah, I think it is. I'm actually uh, in the middle of a Civ 5 game with some friends right now and it's, um... I do like it a lot, but I think Civ Six has been my favorite. Mm. How about did you? Did you rush somebody in the first couple, first uh, <laughs> several turns? I did not. Um, no, I didn't, Jay. Thanks for ah. asking. Just curious. <laughs> um, Michelle, what? Uh, do you, which one? Which Civs do you like? Civ Two. Oh, man. Wow, that's going way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MS-DOS, baby. That's yeah. the best one, where your council is, like, live animated people. And- oh, is it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. 
<laughs> it's so funny. They're, you know, like that really bad FMV. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's called FMV. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I something nostalgic. I mean, I played probably a billion hours of it as a kid, and I still love it to this day and still will venture into it every once in a while. I love it. So it's so classic. That's good. the only the oldest one that I've played is four. I've only played four, five, and six. Oh, you haven't played two? Oh, nope. you gotta try two. It's probably it's on GOG, I think. Oh man, is it really? I'm gonna right, look I'm, right now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look in. I'm gonna have to look into it. Jay, any any? Uh, do you have any answer to this one? I know you don't really um, drink too much. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I don't really drink at all, so I really can't answer this. Something that's not complicated. I would say. I mean, just. Making assumptions, probably wouldn't want to play StarCraft. <laughs> but, yeah, StarCraft would be tough. It's impossible to play sober, let alone intoxicated. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, JJS Boyce. Where'd my other email? Okay. All right, so this is the leftover one from last episode. We, we, we read all the parts, I think, that doesn't that don't apply to... Hold on, let me see. Here's... No, I take it back. I think this whole entire thing we is pretty much directed to Michelle, so I don't think we've read any of it. So, starting from the top, this is from Chase the Night Cleaner. Um, he says uh, the the uh, subject line is Petey's Power Hour question mark excla- exclamation point. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> he's shocked that you're on here. I guess he's shocked that you were willing to like put up with this. Um, hey, Chase the Night Cleaner again. Seems y'all had a special guest and I wrote a last minute email that was very much focused on just Rob and Jay. So let's circle back and put some focus on Michelle from PD's Power Hour. I really enjoyed learning about your YouTube channel and podcast and I and got a kick uh, out of your episode of Power Hour with Robert learning about, about bourbon and favorite Final Fantasies. I will also mm-hmm. say that I agree with you. Even though I do love Saga Frontier a lot, I have to concede that FF Tactics is far more deserving of a Switch port. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, not you're not going to find any Yeah, not going <laughs> to find any dissent here on that mm. one. Um though if you are a fan of Saga Frontier, uh it has some nice quality of life improvements as does the recent Legend of Mana port. But what am I doing? I don't write into classic gaming podcasts to talk about games. I'm here to ask the big questions. So as a special question of the day, Michelle, <laughs> again in parentheses, and also Robert and Jay, can you, na- <laughs> can you name one alcoholic drink you are no longer able to consume, either due to particularly bad memories associated with it? Um, in parentheses, he wrote extreme hangovers. Thanks, Jace. Uh, or because of the taste texture after effects. You, do y'all have anything like that? Like I know I've had I have friends uh-huh. who have, who are like I can't drink you know yeah. like tequila anymore because I had a bad experience that kind of stuff. Do y'all have anything like that? Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you have? Pat- What'd you say, Patron? Uh huh. Oh, was oh, really? it like Patron Gold? You get sick. <laughs> you, you got sick. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what happened, but anytime I smell Patron now, my stomach starts turning. <laughs> is it specifically Patron or is it all tequila? Just Patron. Oh, really? that's yeah. Wow, that's crazy that you can like that your nose can automatically tell. No, nah, this is Patron, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you stay away from that. <laughs> Michelle, how about you? 
So when I was in college, um, you know, as how, as how could I have guessed younger, that it would start off that way? <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you want to drink, you want it to be as effective as possible, right? Like yeah. it was very much the oh, no. opposite <laughs> of what I am now. As I, now, it's quality versus quantity. Right. Then it's like highest proof fucking possible. Yeah. So one of my idiot friends got this thing called Rumplemints. And it is this high proof. It's at a hundred proof, Whoa. and it tastes like licorice, like minty licorice. And it at a hundred proof, we would do shots of it. <laughs> and I, to, to this day, anything that's licoricey, like I don't like Jägermeister very much. I can handle Jägermeister, but things like uzu and things that are more like licorice based feeling liquors and such, I just can't even do because of those fucking rumple mint shots. Ugh. Was it like one particular time that you went overboard or is it just the general memory of too many nights of rumple mints? Uh, not, not specific one, one night because it was probably based off of like a couple nights because okay. you would always get this stuff. And <laughs> honestly, some college years are hazier than others. Yeah. So <laughs> even though I didn't drink as much because I played sports, but good Lord, just that black licorice. Oh, whoa. It doesn't even, you're, I mean, like you're making it sound gross just on its own. <laughs> it's awful. I mean, who, I mean, I don't like black licorice to begin with, but then oh, put the high good. proof, I, uh, uh, high proof. And then when the worst is when you're throwing it up the next day, I'll tell you, oh my uh, God. <laughs> do you, uh, do y'all, do you guys like licorice? No. Black licorice or regular licorice? Yeah. What are your thoughts in, on all types of licorice? I like some licorice. I do not like black licorice. I am against all licorice. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> I, I, I thought for sure somebody was going to say like fireball whiskey. I know so many people that cannot smell fireballs anymore just for, you know, talking about cost efficiency. Mm. Yeah. I'm not a big, like I can eat, like I don't, like y'all, I, I don't have, like black licorice just confuses me. I'm like, why does this even yeah. exist? But like the kind that, is more sugary and maybe has like some of the black stuff in it. Like I still wouldn't seek it out, but if we have some around the house, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll have some of that. By do y'all like Twizzlers? Uh, certain no. ones. Yes. What'd you say, no. Michelle? No, no, like no. I'm not a candy girl, I guess. Hmm. No candy. Yeah. Well, I, that's true. I'm not huge. I'm not, I don't really eat very much candy at all either, but especially Twizzlers confuses me. Cause it's just like, not that it's like not very good. But for some reason for Halloween, my wife bought so much Twizzlers. I was like, what are you doing? Like, I don't even like, she had some explanation, but like, I don't even remember what it was. I was like, this, why did you like, she bought other stuff too, but it's like, she bought six bags of like, of like various things. Three of them are like, you know, the variety, like this and that. And then the other three were just Twizzlers. Like, wh why did you do, like, she doesn't even like him either. I have no idea what she was thinking. And so, like, kids are coming, and I'm having to dig through our bag of candy to find something that's not Twizzlers to hand them. And finally, like, this one guy, like, he was, like, probably 13. I say guy, you know, he was a kid, but he was like, oh, I love Twizzlers. So I was just scooping out as many Twizzlers as I possibly could to give to this kid because, like, I was having trouble digging out reasonable candy because the Twizzlers were just overtaking everything. 
they were just regular Twizzlers, right? Like the the yeah, just regular ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, just like I love the right. pull and peel ones. The pull and peel ones What's for me that? are just goaded. They're uh, they're basically like different. They're strands you pull apart, and the flavor the, the flavor of them is just very very good. I've always really liked it. I have no idea what this. It sounds like you're. It sounds like you're describing string cheese. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of like that, to be honest with you, but in Twizzler okay. form. And the, I don't know what it is about the flavor, but I love it. Okay. I don't. I don't I'll have any. Buy some string cheese. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any kind of. There's no alcohol or anything like that that I can't really? drink. Yeah, I've never. That, really... impressed, that surprises me. I mean, honestly, me too. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's there's nothing that's ever stuck into my head like nope can't can't have like even times like in college or whatever where i did get sick nothing nothing has been like no can't do that anymore although there is one thing that's not liquor that that i that has had this effect on me and that is brie cheese i can't well i can't eat cheese like i i'm found out that i've somehow become lactose intolerant so i can't have cheese anyways anymore but even before that, I could not tolerate brie, uh, brie because of this one very bad uh, uh, encounter with it I had. This was in high school, and I was uh, one of my friends was over, and we were just hanging out. Like you know, it was like weekend, and it was real late one night. We were just hanging out in my bedroom, like just doing whatever, probably playing video or no, it was, it was one, of my, one of my friends who. Uh, who played guitar like that was all he did so we were probably playing guitar together and we got hungry we went down and we're digging through the fridge and we found some brie we're like oh hell yeah brie and crackers so we like we took it back up we got the brie got some crackers took it up to my room we were eating it and we got like you know it's one of those little wheels of brie that's not not big probably like i don't want to say like three inches you know in diameter maybe two and uh, we're slicing off little pieces and putting them on crackers and eat them. We got halfway through, and then I looked at it, and there were maggots coming out of no. the brie. Uh huh. I'm still alive. I would ended it right there. <laughs> I wanted to trust me. Um, somehow <laughs> I don't even think either of us got sick. Like we were mentally sick, but like neither of us threw up or anything like that. But ever since that, I haven't been unable to. And I even tried one time, like years later, I was like, you know, it's a shame to have to give up Brie just because of that one time. I'm going to see if I can just power through. I took one bite and I was like, nope, it's not going to work. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. It That's was, awful. It was <laughs> disgusting. It was probably the most disgusting, like eating thing that's ever had, like, you know, food related thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, all right. Chase says, uh, back in my twenties, I used to start any night out with two shots of Jägermeister, but one night I stopped counting shots and drinking from the bottle. And now I can't even smell this stuff without my stomach churning. Uh-huh. I believe it, especially because Jägermeister has such like a distinctive, strong smell. I can see that being an easy one to, to have this effect on you. Uh-huh. Um, and that's it for this email. I hope you are enjoying yourself, Michelle, and I look forward to learning more about your content. Regards and cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. <laughs> and then the uh, our last email. So that was actually written for the last episode. 
our email that we we only have one email for this episode. This is also from Chase the Night Cleaner. Just gonna say <laughs> the, the uh, subject line is episode one six nine in parentheses nice email. Hello everyone. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good good one, Chase. Hello everyone. Chase the Night Cleaner here again with a small generic. <laughs> but what? But that's enough about me. How are y'all? What? How are y'all? Okay, how are y'all doing? I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. Which bring which brings me to my question. Okay, how are y'all doing? How are you guys doing? Everybody doing good? Yeah, I'm doing fine. You're struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> which brings me to my question of the day. He's like, it's like Chase is having a stream of consciousness in this email. Which brings me to my question of. The, I think that's what's throwing me off. My question of the day: As content creators, how often do you engage with the content of others? Uh, either through email or guest appearance. If you have been able to contribute to other shows, what was your favorite to be a part of and why? And that's all for me. Thanks for all you do. This tiny piece of your show. Cheers and talk again. Chase and Night Cleaner. Okay, so first question. How often do you engage with the content of others either through email or... Okay, so through email, I guess he means like writing in an email to yeah. a podcast yeah, or through guest appearance. Um... I guess for, I mean, I'm for me, I don't know. Like my best answer would be anytime I do it, anytime I do engage with another show, you hear about it on here. So those are all the time, you know, anytime I've talked about it here, those are the times that I've like done a guest appearance on something through email. I send in, there are some, like, I like, I don't really send in emails too much. I, I send in every once in a while to drunk friend, but like, I can't think of any other I don't, th- yeah, there's not really any other podcast that I, uh, send emails to. Um, so starting with just this question, how often do you engage with the content of others? You know, for me, if I'm on a, another podcast, that probably happens on average, like once or twice a year, I guess. Um, but then if you count other people coming on hours, as you guys know, we like to do that fairly frequently like we do that i say once once every three shows lately jay is that something yeah, about right i would yeah. say so michelle how about you how how often do you engage with others stuff i mean outside of like the network of polymedia not very often mm-hmm. <laughs> but i do i mean reaching out to people to come on to my podcast like i um I do that quite often because I have a guest every episode and I try, try to mix it up a little bit. I mean, logistics wise, it's pretty hard for my show to, in order to really venture out just because like a lot of it is dependent upon where the guest lives so I can get them alcohol. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, right, the right. most difficult. It's the most difficult thing for my podcast, but uh-huh. um I don't often email other podcasts just as like, hey, questions or anything like that. The only time I've ever done that is like you, Rob, is with Drunk Friend. Oh, really? And yeah, it's honestly how I started got it, getting into podcasts because I started listening to Drunk Friend and I was like, I was like nine or ten episodes into their whenever they first started. I was like, oh, I'll email. And then they read my email like at the start of their episode because oh, they dude. liked it so much. I was like, awesome. well, okay, I guess I have to like join the Patreon now. Here we go. And then <laughs> got to know the guys and they convinced me because all I do is just talk about alcohol and uh-huh. video ga- and with video games that they're like, oh, you should do a podcast. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
And, then, and that was, and that's the origin story of Petey's power. That's hour. the origin. Yep. I emailed drunk friend and Alex and Trav read it. And that was it. <laughs> there was a time. <laughs> there was like once or twice where I've emailed like bigger podcasts. The, the only time that I can think of was the giant beast cast like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Cause one of the guys on there knew a lot about TVs and I was thinking about getting a TV. So I emailed like in a TV question and they read that one. Um, but yeah, really it's just mostly this, like if I do, it's going to be drunk friend or like some of the, uh, there are a couple Twitch channels where I do interact with like the, the streamer quite a lot, but they're typically very small ones. Like I, I, I like to find smaller Twitch channels that just have like, kind of like a really small community because otherwise it's just like, I don't really get into the big ones where it's just a lot of where it's like the chat is just one stream of everybody just yelling things that they want to be noticed by. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Like you got to have pretty much under a hundred people online at any other time for me to really feel like, okay, this is a Twitch streamer that I want to like interact with the community. Uh, Mm -hmm. The only two are Thomas McRocklin. He's like a virtuoso guitar player who's got a really good stream and like a really cool community over there. Um, the other is this uh, smaller streamer name. His name is, I th- it's Gardic one, I think. And he just plays, he just plays games. And like, you know, usually there's like 10 or so people online. It's just kind of like us hang- hanging around chatting. It's like a-, a lot more relaxed than, like I said, you know, like, bigger streamers are so i kind of enjoy just kind of like chatting i like it when the streamer is able to actually have a conversation with you and not have to pick like one out of a hundred things to talk to so i like just to like talk with him ask him questions like hang out with the community there but uh what about you jay jay left can you guys hear me no i'm here can you guys hear me yes sorry i think my mic cut out for a second any any content creators that you interact with in any way um, not regularly, no. Every once in a while, I'll write into to different podcasts I listen to on the side, but nothing, nothing consistently. Sure. Okay. Um, that's it from Chase, the Night Cleaner. Chase, thank you as always. We appreciate it. Um, let's. Why don't we go to a current gaming subcast real quick? And talk about any newer games we've been playing, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Do you guys have y'all pl- been playing anything not old? Other than Gloomhaven, no. Oh that yeah, Gloomhaven. Ha- oh, I, I meant to ask you: Are you not? Are you doing? You and I and like some of our friends played this a while back, for like a short period of time, um, and it was fun. Do you? Are you playing with anybody? Or are you doing like a sing- like just a solo like campaign type thing? I have a couple campaigns going: one by myself, and then one with other, with with different groups of people. But I've been predominantly playing the one by myself. Okay, with, so and I'm playing as three different characters. So it's good. It's it's oh. it's good as a single player game. It's very good. It's very difficult and like talking about games you can't be drunk while playing. You have to be mm. very focused. Well, I'm playing on I'm playing on hard, so controlling three characters is a is just like a lot. So if you are not paying attention or if you're like on Reddit or watching Twitch or something, you're not going to have a good time. Like you have to be completely engaged and focused. It's very fun, but it it can be uh, pretty challenging at times. Gotcha. Michelle playing I mentioned to you guys before we started recording um 
Astalon Tears of the Earth, which is a oh, yeah. new game that was released this past year, but it's in that kind of old style pixel, you know, 2D pixel. It's a Metrovania, Metroidvania. So you control three uh, characters and you are going into this tower to try to find the source that is killing your vi village because your village is getting poisoned and people and children are dying. So you are the three heroes. And so you can switch between the three characters and like um, one's an archer, one's the magic user and one's the tank, one's the knight. And um, each one has different abilities that you can use as you're searching and going through the map and trying to find items and defeating bosses and such. It's really just addictive. Like, I think the map is really well done. The controls are very strong. And it's really addicting is the best way I can put it. And it cool. looks it looks great. It's 2D. 2D, you know, like, how do you guys feel about, like, playing new games that have that old retro style to it? You oh, know? I like, love it, yeah. That's such a big yeah. thing now. yeah. <laughs> It is. I I, I I really do like it. Um, so I've I've I hear people complain about it, and I don't really get it because I just love it. Yeah. Why would you complain about pixel art? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Understand. Like some people are really picky about the pixel art. They're like, "Well, this isn't exactly what it used to look like." And I'm like, "Okay, who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> it looks cool. I I I like. Yeah, I mean, I don't want it to look exactly like a Nintendo game because a lot of that pixel art was like. A little bit bland because they had such a limited uh, color palette per sprite. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I like stuff like that. Yeah. You might uh, like this game. If you like Metroidvanias and you like 2D pixel art, then you might like this game. It sounds exactly like Trine. Have you ever, do you know, have you heard of Trine? No, I've heard of it. I haven't it's, played it. It's a game where you, the, uh, it, so it's a side scroller. It's a 2D side scroller, but like the art is, is three dimensional. And uh, mm. it is a game where you, it's a platformer where you go, or, and there's bad guys that you like can attack and stuff, but you go through and uh, you can switch between characters on the fly. And one of them is an archer, one of them a magic user, and one of them is a knight. <laughs> so uh, sounds like the exact same idea, just kind of like that they put their different spin on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been playing two games that have been getting quite a bit of buzz lately. Uh, the first one is Inscription. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. This game is so freaking good. I'm That's why you played Slay the Spire. Yeah, that will. That was, you know, I told you about like that kind of rabbit hole of card games I got sucked down. And I actually, I think, and I forgot what it was. This was what got me started on that. Um, yeah, I'm sure I won't talk about it for too long because I'm sure everybody has heard of it. But just in case you haven't, it's a card based game. It's like a card game, a single player card game where you are going through um, at its core and having encounters with enemies and stuff like that. And, every, you know, all the battles are card based. You have your deck that you're kind of building through the playthrough um, and, you know, you're attacking the other person's deck and so on and so forth and trying to defeat them and then moving on. Um, the awesome thing about Inscription is that there are a lot of twists there, there are like two or three big twists throughout the game that change like the way the game itself is played. Like unlike a meta, unlike a meta layer of the world has opened up to where the mechanics go beyond just this being a card game, like in very significant ways. Um, the 
the developer is is the developer who also made Pony Island, which mm-hmm. pr- if anybody has been a longtime listener, I talked about this game a long time ago when it came out. Pony Island you're, is like a very, it starts off as like a very simple, like little 2D kind of like arcade game. I don't even remember if it's supposed to be an arcade game or what, but you're playing it. And basically as you're playing it, you learn that the game you're playing is uh, like haunted by the devil or something like that. And, uh, and all this like really weird shit starts happening, like within the game itself, like within the game and like, kind of like outside, like the, the, like the, almost like the whole structure of the game itself becomes haunted. Uh, this does it. Well, I don't want to give too much away. This doesn't do the exact same thing, but it has its own level of twists that are like really neat. Um, I'll give two spoilers real quick. So skip ahead, like a minute. Um, or maybe like 90 seconds just to be safe if you don't want to hear any, but the very first thing that that this happens. So you're the way it is. You're sitting at a table across from this weird, mysterious figure. You can only see his eyes and everything is three dimensional. And, uh, he's like the game master basically. And he's saying like, Oh, okay. You come across, uh, you know, this guy. And he says this, what are you going to do? And he's like, Oh, all right, you come across an encounter. Now we have to play, you know, we have to battle each other. And at one point you're playing, this is fairly early on, and he goes, um, stand up. And then you're kind of like, what? He goes, stand up from the table. And at that, and it like tells you to hit a button. And at that point, you can, you can stand up and walk away from the table that you're playing this card game. And you find out that you're in this little cabin and you can walk around the cabin and do things. And there are like several twists of like equal or greater magnitude throughout the game that are, that are very neat. One of them involves, I, I, I won't say what happens exactly, but there eventually you get to this section where there are FMV scenes of this like fake YouTuber who is a, who's like a card pack opener, like a collectible or like a trading card game pack opener, YouTube channel guy. And it's him uh, opening these packs of these cars that he bought for this game. And this whole kind of plot starts evolving around that even. And this guy is such a great actor. It's my, it's probably my favorite FMV actor I've ever seen in a video game. He is so good in it. Uh, it was like so much fun. Even just these, these totally separate scenes with this guy being like, Oh, let's see what cards we have today. It was uh, like very, very well done. So, like, this is one of the best games I've played in a long time. De- like, I would wow. say for me, the of the games that have come out this year that I've that I've played this year, it is it's the best game of the year so far for me. Wow. The other one is uh, unpacking. I don't know if you guys. Have- <laughs> I saw this. Okay, I <laughs> was playing. I was playing that a bit. Yeah. Oh, have you played it really? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. How far? How far have you gotten in it? I got to uh, the where you have like four rooms. It was like I felt like you when you're first coming to an adult. So past college, the past the college room. So like the <laughs> so like probably like the third one or so is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was like the third. Okay. Okay. So packing uh, unpacking is like a it's a little two D um, pixel art game where you have. You start off and there's a room and it's like a child's room and there's a box of stuff in it. 
you click on the box and something comes out. And basically it's like the, the items that this, that this person owns. It's they're like their personal items, like stuffed animals, pictures, art supplies, stuff like that. And you, you simply choose where to put it in the room. You can put it wherever it will. To start off with, you can put it wherever you want. And actually one of the things that threw me off about this at first was I thought it was just supposed to be like a uh, kind of design it however you want type game. And to some extent it is. But when I finished the first room, you know, there's like, I don't know, in the first one, there's maybe 30 things that you have to put away or hang on the wall or do whatever with. There were a couple items that were that they, that were outlined in red, and basically that means you can't put this item in this spot. You have to like put it in a more suitable place to move on to the next, you know, to the next level, which is like a different time in the timeline of this of this character. At first, that threw me off, and I really didn't like it because I kind of didn't quite understand what the game was. I thought this was just supposed to oh, I decorate the room however I want. But really what you're doing is you're playing the role of this character who moved into the room, like of a specific character who moved into this room. Once I understood that, then everything came together just beautifully. So you put everything up how you want it. And then if there's some things that are out of place, you put like one of the stuffed animals, like I had on the floor and like she didn't want on the floor, like it had to be in the bed or something like that. So I got to the next level and the next one is, I guess it's like when she moves off to college and it's the same person and you're putting away her stuff. And like, as you go through to different levels, I don't think, I don't remember if the college, yeah, I guess the college one was like this. There's like the room plus a bathroom. So there's like a little bit extra stuff you have to put away. There's more places to put things. And then the next one is, is as Michelle said, like it's after college and there are more, more rooms to put things away, like more objects and that kind of stuff. But it's not just about putting things away. The, the story uses the, the act of unpacking and the, and the objects of the unpacking to like tell the story of this character's life. And it is the gotta be like the most ingenious way of telling a story that I've ever seen. Maybe like it is, I found like it is so endearing so moving at times, simply pulling out some of the objects that you're having to put up away and seeing how they're, how they're telling the story of this character's life. Like one of the things, for instance, is like a soccer ball and you find the soccer ball over and over again. And like, that becomes like a, a really kind of like a, you kind of understand, okay, this is like something that's very important to this person. And like over the years, it gets a little bit dirty and then there, I, I won't spoil what it is, but then there's like another thing related to that in the very last level that I saw it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I could not believe, like it just was like one of the most heartwarming moments in a video game that I remember in recent times when you unpack something related to the soccer ball. Um, are, are both these games on Switch, by the way? I think, yeah, I think unpacking is. Yeah, I think unpacking is. I don't think inscription is. Okay. Um, there, and, and like also there's other things like as she gets older, like one of the things is like like heat, like pads that you put on your back, like for back pain. And it kind of is this is sort of like kind of sad reality of getting a little bit older. Um, and then like there are some items that like some of the stuffed animals, like you'll be unpacked and stuffed animals. And like a lot of them she keeps even as she grows old. But then there are some that like stop showing up. 
and you're like, oh no, like what happened to this stuffed animal? Like, why can't you keep that one? Like, I love this one so much. And it's like, you know, the, the just like tells the story of her, like having to, you know, just leave some things behind and, uh, and, and get new things and you can, and you get kind of get a gauge on like the interests she has and even like where her career goes in some ways. And then, um, like on, on later levels, there are other, you know, other people's stuff involved in some of the, uh, in, in some of the new like places that she's moved into that you have to take into account. And like, sometimes things are really crammed and you're like, Oh, you know, it, it could be indicative of her, like maybe going through a harder time and not having as much room to put away all her stuff. Like I cannot tell you just how moved I was and how surprised I was that they made like such like such an emotional game just out of taking taking out objects and putting them away. Even my 13 year 13-year-old daughter, I showed her this and she was like I'm going to buy it. And I was like, "Are you sure you wow. could just you could just play it on on mine?" She's like, "No, I just want to be able to play this with whatever." She played it it's like a 4 4 and a half hour game. She played through the entire thing in one night. Oh my gosh. Dang. So I have extremely high praise for, for both of these, but like in, in very different ways, like unpacking, re- like I thought it was just going to sort of be kind of like a little bit, like a little Zen, put things away however you want. And it turned in to so much more than I expected. I was, I was so surprised by it. Now so, I want to go back and play it. Oh, you got to like, <laughs> you. I feel like you're at the point where you really start to kind of get attached and see mm-hmm. and, and, and start sort of kind of see a, traje- tra- a trajectory in like the character's life and that kind of stuff. And uh, like I said, the soccer ball thing in the last level just like killed me. But mm. uh, oh my gosh, I love this game. It, it, it was it is fantastic. Mm. Um, but that's I think that's all I've got. Any anything else from either of you guys? Anything else that we just that we need to talk about or cover? Or is that we, we pretty much good to go? I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're all set. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what'd you say, Jay? Oh, sorry. There, there's gunshots outside. My, or at least I assume they're gunshots or fireworks. And Diego's freaking out. He gets really anxious when whenever there's loud noises. So he's like, keeps coming in to check to see if I'm okay, and knows he means for pets and stuff. <laughs> loses his mind. Oh, poor Diego. Yeah, he's struggling. Well, as a as a reminder to everybody, our game of the quarter is Star Fox sixty four. So Jay. I think we're going to have two more episodes for this year. If we're, if we stay on schedule, the next one will be December 3rd. And then the one after that, the one after that will be just, you know, since it's the holiday season sometime at the end of December. Um, I am going away the last week. So just as a heads up. The last whole week. So we'll need to do it before Christmas then. Is that, does that work for you? Yeah, that's what we need to do. Okay, so we'll do it sometime maybe like the 21st or the 22nd. Is that doable? Potentially? Like sometime around then? yeah. Okay, all right. So sometime or like, yeah, not not necessarily those days exactly, but sometime around that. Um, okay, so yeah, Star Fox 64. If you guys, if anybody wants to play that, so Jay and I are both going to be playing that. If anybody else wants to and write in your thoughts, please uh, feel free to do so. That'll be two episodes from now that we talk about it. Um, I am at King Octavius on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at class games cast. Remember to, uh, leave us, leave us awesome reviews on iTunes or whatever other platform you listen to. That's, that's a big help to us, but even bigger help is just to tell other people to listen to the podcast. You can mail us 
mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Please do so about just whatever you want to. Michelle, where can people follow you and do all that kind of stuff? PD's Power Hour. And uh, what am I on? PD's Power Hour on all the podcasty things. <laughs> in the uh-huh. iTunes, Spotify, Buzzsprout is what we post our stuff on. So, okay. yeah. PD's Power Hour. Twitter. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, Jay, any you got anything else? Oh, I think I'm all good otherwise. Well, Michelle, thank you, uh, thank you for coming. It was, uh, it was fun as, yeah, as, as expected. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. This was fun. We can talk about a little bit about tactics. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got it in there. We squeezed it in. <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. All the final fantasy. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, we will be back in about three weeks. Bye.